everybody, welcome back to Witch Fix. I've just eaten a very mentholy goth sweet. I'm dealing with it. But today we're talking about the next two books in the Savrail series, uh, the only other two that I have read of I think the sixth came out. Um, but this is Lyriel, um, Lyriel is book two, and Abazin, which is book three, but they are kind of two parts of the same book, so I'm reviewing them together. I say reviewing. Gushing is what I'm going to do because I really like these books. I think that came across in my Sabriel review. Um, it was probably one of my favourite book series when I was younger. Uh, I definitely encourage people to go and read Sabriel because it's a lovely self-contained story, introduction to the lore, which becomes a little bit more complicated in Lyriel and Abazin. So then Sabriel was the first book named after Sabriel, the daughter of the existing Abazin at the time. And Lyriel is named after Lyriel, who is one of the two main protagonists of Lyriel and Apazin. And she is uh, a Claire, which is the sort of group of blonde, blue-eyed, future-seeing people who live in the glacier. But she is born very different. She has dark hair, she can't see in the future, uh, and because of this she isn't allowed to become an adult. Because that's, you know, when you get the sight, you're, you're considered an adult. So she's stuck in the children's dormitory with all these kids who are, like, you know, a lot younger than her. Everyone views her as a little bit strange, a little bit odd. Her mother went off somewhere and came back pregnant with her. They're not really sure, you know, where she's come from, what her lineage is and what it's done. But, you know, she, she's a little bit strange and not entirely welcome. Uh, and this is, I think, like 10... 15 years after Sabriel, because um, at the end of Sabriel, she and her husband uh, become the, the sort of royalty of the old kingdom. Um, I don't want to give too many spoilers as to how that happens. Um, so the other protagonist of the novel is their son, Samoth, um, who is obviously next in line for the throne, or sort of next in line for the throne. His older sister is actually going to be queen, because feminism. But he is next, he's still a royal and he's going to be the Apison after Sabriel is sort of either killed or retires but he doesn't want to be and he's terrified of death uh, of like the actual like realm of death because of an experience he had there with a, a powerful necromancer um, as part of I think his like training he doesn't want to go into death he hates the sensation of going there he will do anything to avoid this being his future. So it's unfortunate when he is sent into the old kingdom where obviously there's magic and dead creatures and he feels like he's closer to the realm of death there, facing down his future and not being very happy with it. So it's quite different tonally from the first book because in the first book it's very much like Sabriel kind of accepting her destiny and becoming the Abazin and she isn't reticent about that as much she's more worried about obviously it means that her father has to die this book is a lot about people being expected to go a certain way socially but being destined for other things uh, so the two storylines uh, sort of intersect towards the end of the novel uh, and then go into Abazin where everyone's sort of working together so this the first book Lyriel is a lot of setup but it's good setup so we start with a whole chunk from Lyriel's perspective She's not happy with her life in the glacier. She's an outcast. Everyone's trying to be nice about it. Like, no one's being horrible to her, but she knows that she doesn't belong. She feels upset by their sympathy. She doesn't want to be tolerated as a sort of second-class version of what they are. She wants something to happen. She wants to get the sight, and she wants to become what she's meant to be. This continues to not happen, 
but she is given a job in the library to kind of keep her busy, keep her out of trouble. Um, and she likes it there because it's quiet and she doesn't have to be around other people and she can have a mark of status, this like waistcoat that you wear when you're a librarian that makes her part of the community and not a complete outsider with nothing to do. So it gives her a role and it leads her to what is essentially her destiny. So this is actually my favourite part of the novel is like the Lyriel sections because we see her becoming more herself and, and becoming part of like the staff at the library but also beginning to research magic and you know reading the books in the library and she begins to you know become more learned to find more things out about the old kingdom and through her we discover a lot more lore um, <laughs> until she makes a horrible error uh, she goes and explores part of the library because the library doesn't just contain books it contains dangerous artifacts and dangerous things that have become trapped there over the years walled up left there because they're too powerful or they're too dangerous to confront directly and she goes into an area and i remember this because it frightened me so much as a child but she goes into an area where it's like a, a tree growing inside the library in this like little room in this sort of room that is very sun themed there's like a golden light shining down on this tree it's very beautiful and lovely and there's a gate beyond it which has a moon on it which she can like barely squeeze past because these like razor sharp points of the, the crescent moon which like catch on her waistcoat and she feels like she shouldn't be going back there but she is why is she doing it um and anyway she comes out of here having accidentally set loose a horrible monster which was sealed into a glass coffin in the floor she like smashes through it and then the monster comes after her i can't remember what it's called i think it's a stilken i'm gonna have to go look this up yeah okay it's called a stilken and according to the wikipedia for the book series uh, which quotes from a book that Lyriel reads in the book to learn about what just tried to kill her. A Stilkin can take the form of a beautiful woman, but is taller than a tall man and has hooks or pincers instead of forearms. And the description of the one that she fights is apparently that it has forearms as long as legs bent backwards with elongated claws like a praying mantis. And I remember it can like elongate itself and like kind of stretch and change its body because that's how it gets past the gate to chase her um and apparently these like very difficult to destroy but you have to like imprison them somewhere and obviously she's broken its prison it gets out i think this is also where she acquires a small statue of a dog or she finds that in another part of the library but she, she like has it because there are no like animals at the glacier so this is like her kind of pet rock it becomes important later so she's got herself in a jam she doesn't want to admit that she's made this huge error and has sort of managed to trap the stilken in in the room that she was in with charter magic from the outside but she's not terribly good at magic and eventually that thing's going to get out and if she can't tell anybody about it she's got to find a way to fix it before anyone finds out and takes away her librarian and sends her like back to where she was at the beginning of the novel all sad and depressed so she starts trying to learn about how to defeat it and how to put it back where it came from she learns a lot of other magic she learns some like shape-shifting stuff she can like turn into like a hawk and stuff she and it's quite detailed in how it explains this she like creates a special magic skin that she can kind of slip into and, and become a this creature that's very cool and she also tries to create 
Ascending. Uh, Ascendings were in Sabriel, I don't think I mentioned them in my review, but they're basically people or animals or a living, moving thing that you make out of charter magic. And they're basically used as servants in Sabriel. She finds some of them in her house, like her dad's house. And you can kind of create them and they're basically kind of fantasy robots um, or helpful ghosts that aren't actually of dead people is how I'm going to describe it. They're made of charter magic and if you leave them alone for long enough without kind of reworking the magic and fixing them they can go a bit weird and, and develop strange quirks and personalities which I found very funny. But Liriel tries to create ascending in the shape of a dog like her statue to try and like cheer her up and like keep her company. But while she's holding the statue she feels other magic trying to get in and it's like free magic and it's dangerous and it's burning her and she's like freaking out and she can't shut off this flow of magic coming through her and at the end of it she isn't left with the sending of a dog she's left with what appears to be a real life flesh and blood dog that can talk and this is very similar to Moggett from Sabriel which was a cat which was a free magic creature bound with a collar but this is obviously not bound but it is a helpful free magic creature that she begins to call the disreputable dog like that's its character name which is great and it gives her a friend and the disreputable dog is hilarious especially when uh, eventually later on in the book it encounters Moggett and like cats and dogs they do not get on. So Liriel's got this big problem to try and solve and then eventually manages to find um, uh, you know, a solution and she also discovers a book which is sort of like the book of the dead from, from Sabriel but it's I think it's a slightly different book but they are kind of related and she begins to develop an ability that isn't to do with seeing the future but is to do with seeing the past and she finds out that she will never develop the site she will never be a proper Claire because she's not fully one of them but what she can do is go to the river of death and through certain magic, and I think using a black mirror, she can see the past and is therefore a remembrancer, which is a very clunky name. But it's sort of like being a necromancer who can see the past. And she is told that she has this mission that she has to go on, something that she has to try and do. And then this is where her story collides with Samoth's story, because he's been worried about his friend who is from Anselshire, who's you know, a person from a non-magical world who's come here on like his grand tour, but has gone missing in an area where the Claire can't see, like the, their sight doesn't touch that bit. There's something very strange and dangerous there. His friend's there. He's worried about him. He wants to find out, you know, what's going on. And through trying to investigate that, he encounters Lyriel. It turns out that they're both on the same journey he's trying to rescue nick from an unknown threat and she has been sent to also kind of rescue nick but also to deal with this unknown threat and find out what it is and for some reason the claire have said her, her powers of remembrance there will be important here she is the one who has to go can you tell that lariel's my favorite character i don't particularly care for samoth um <laughs> he's just kind of whiny and irrelevant but um they meet up they talk and then some big revelations come out which i'm going to spoil for you so if you want to go and read the book definitely go and do so before i spoil any more of the plot but it turns out that her biological father is sabriel's father which makes her sabriel's half-sister and also the next abazin 
because remember when I said that obviously she thought she was meant to be a Claire and she isn't and Samoth doesn't want to be the Apison because he's afraid of death turns out he's not meant to be she is um so that's the whole destiny versus kind of obligation thing and Samoth is part of the bloodline of the Woolmakers, who were thought to be extinct but they're not and that's why he's so good at building things and making things with charter magic which is something that he's been told to put aside and forget about because he's got to be the next Apison. So that's sort of where we leave the book, is them converging on this dangerous mission. And then the whole follow-up book, the third book in the series, Apison, is about this mission and trying to identify this evil and get to grips with it. So into Apison, I think I remembered something incorrectly, having just checked the plot summary to make sure that I've got all my ducks in a row. I think the attempt on the life of the king and queen happened in this book. Sabriel and her husband are in over the wall section in Anselshire trying to stop refugees being forced into the old kingdom because they have like no knowledge of magic, no knowledge of all the dangers. They're just being sent over the wall because Anselshire don't want to deal with them and they're being killed. And it's this massive problem because also when you kill a lot of things close together, it kind of creates a sort of doorway into death. It kind of weakens the veil, if I remember correctly. Um, so they're doing that and Luriel and Samoth are off trying to rescue Nick because Nick is at the Red Lake and he's on some sort of archaeological dig that he started. He's kind of developed this almost Lovecraftian obsession with this thing that he's trying to uncover and it's very clear that he's being possessed or manipulated by um, necromancers who are working for whatever it is that he's trying to unearth. And what he's trying to unearth is something called Oranis the Destroyer which um, sounds unfortunate. I've got to be honest, the third book is probably my least favourite of the three that I've read, and it might be why I stopped reading the series, because it felt like it kind of came to a natural conclusion. And then I guess I saw that another book had come out later, and I was like, I'm not that invested in opening up this world again, but I might go and read them, I don't know. So basically, they're, they're, they're trying to stop this thing being dug up, and I think there's two halves of it that have to be put together to allow Uranus to be free and this is something from before the wall before everything before the charter when free magic was just running around doing whatever it wanted and this book is basically just the story of everyone getting together trying to work out what this thing is how it came to be and how they can stop it and there's a really nice final scene to the book where everyone gets together, so you've got like Sabriel, her husband, their kids, Liriel, the disreputable dog, Moggart, uh, everyone comes together to kind of recreate the circumstances under which this thing was imprisoned to try and stop it again. And they all have a bell and they're all representing the different bloodlines of like the royal family, the Claire, the Abazin, the um, wall makers, they're all there. The disreputable dog is revealed to be like an important spirit i'm not gonna like spoil that and then finally moggart who um is a, a dangerous free magic creature i think we see in sabrell um she like takes the collar off moggart because she needs it to like save her in a moment but free of the binding it is not friendly and it like after saving her tries to kill her until she manages to bind it again but at this point, like, because they're, they're about to fail, they un they release Mogger and Mogger stands with them as a free magic entity to also help to, to contain this thing. And they manage to do it. I think 
just knocked my microphone over. It was my exciting gesture that did it. I think somewhere along the line, Lyriel loses a hand and gets like a new magic hand, but I could be like remembering that wrong. <laughs> um, and the book ends, I think, with Nick um, dying and going to the like the land of the dead because he was killed in like the attempt to unearth this thing. And, and it's all sort of settled. The big band's defeated. Everyone knows who they are and what bloodline they're from and what their destiny is and everything's fine. And then like three more books came out and I just did not keep up with any of what was going on and never read them. <laughs> so um, I might go back and, and read them if people are interested in like what they're like, because uh, apparently, according to Wikipedia, the next book is Clariel, which is a prequel set 600 years before Sabriel. So like a long time ago. And then Golden Hand, which is about Lyriel again sort of slightly in the future from where we left off and then Terciel and Eleanor uh, which I think is coming out like now-ish like around the end of 2021 but it's about Sabriel's parents uh, her father I think is called Terciel um, so I would you know I'd be quite interested in reading those so I might read those and do a little review I might have to brush up on some of what happened in the first three books because the Wikipedia summaries are pitiful and drawing on my own memories of having read them is an issue because there's a lot of stuff that I've forgotten. Although I have remembered quite a lot of stuff. I'm quite surprised at how, how much of a mark these books made on me. Um, but as with Sabria, I think the lore is really good, really original, very deep and, and detailed while also being quite easy to understand. Although towards the end of Apison, it does get a little bit more... Uh, nuanced because you've obviously got these like free magic creatures and you find out that like there's free magic in the bells it's confusing um but Lyriel is probably my favorite character in the series because she's kind of bookish and sad and I relate to that <laughs> in an extremely healthy way and I would love to read definitely Golden Hand and like more of, of her sort of future and what's happening so I'd love to give that a look. But if you haven't already read Sabriel from my original review of Sabriel, get yourself a copy. Get yourself a copy of Lyriel. I think of the two parts of this kind of two-part book, Lyriel is my favourite because more stuff happens. They cover more ground. You get to see inside the Claire's Glacier. It's this whole good time of like getting new lore. And the second part is very much just like gearing up for one battle it's kind of like the end game of the series um that, that's like the end game movie not just the end game you know what i'm talking about um but in the meantime if you have any other books like this to to recommend any other fantasy books that you think might be able to tempt me back to the genre do get in touch do recommend them you can do so by email or in the youtube comments the youtube comments i will see a lot sooner than the email so definitely go for that and in the meantime i'll see you in the next episode bye